Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. Hey, man. Hey, Chris. Great to see you. You too, brother. My office life with COVID is really weird. So this morning, my daughter is here with her two dogs, adding to our one dog. And I thought, this looks weird, but the best place to be is the car. That's awesome. Well, glad, glad to have you with us from the car. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that works. No, uh, it works great. It works great. About the car for your viewers then, uh, to explain. Yeah, weird times. I love your backdrop. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. That was a uh, World Series game, and uh, Chris Carpenter was our starting pitcher that day. And I walk into the stadium, and there's a big sign that says... Uh, Chuck Norris was a Texas Ranger. We're playing the Rangers. (laughs) And underneath it, it says, but Jesus was a carpenter. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Praise God. Chris Stefanik, we are so honored to have you here on the Christian Dad Podcast. You are real, authentic, bold, energetic, uh, young, although I'm surprised your older kids are as old (laughs) as they are, so you must be older than I think you are. I am not young. (laughs) I'm not old either. I'm not old yet, but I'm not young. Yes, yes. I kind of have a thing where like maybe 30 to 70 or people might be. So. There you go. There you go, buddy. So we're right there together. But you've got videos, radio reach and everything. you got over a million people a month checking you out. Internationally acclaimed author and speaker. And what I love about you is when I talk to my friends about you, they just say, man, that dude, real. I relate to him. He's got the same problems I got, and I love that he speaks about them. So thrilled to have you with us here today so you can kind of get into a few things and tell us your reaction to that and a little bit about you, so the the few people that don't know who you are. Thanks, brother. I'm humbled and honored. And uh, yeah, I got the same problems everybody else has. You you notice that I'm talking to you from my car because uh, COVID, office situation's weird. My daughter is over with right now with her two dogs barking at my one dog and a bunch of kids in the house and a fight might break out any minute. So I thought, you know what? The only quiet place I can run to is my (laughs) (laughs) F-150. Love the F-150. here we are. And if that's not an appropriate place to talk about how to be a good Christian dad, I don't know what is. Absolutely. Yeah, with the with the wife Natalie and six kids, at least two dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three in the house right now. So my, my primary vocation is, uh, it's good to talk about that today. It's to be a dad, it's to be a husband and father. My work for the Lord is, is, um, is you know, really focused on preaching the core message of the gospel, which is the best news that mankind has ever received and how it applies to people's lives every day. I, I think a lot of people associate Christianity with all the peripheral things that come from that core message, with either um, the rituals of, of the faith, teachings and doctrines and dogmas of the faith, or, or maybe with uh, the issues where we rub against the world in ways that are uncomfortable. And, and all those things are important. All those things are worth diving into. But where do they all come from? It comes from that core message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father for us, the gift of his his only son for us, his his salvation, saving us from sin because he loves us, uh, calling us to eternal glory and calling us to live a new life as new creations in him. That's what all this is about. 
That's what all this is about. When we lose that, that something that all this is about, all the rest makes no sense to people. I mean, the, the world um, looks at Christianity. Oh, brother, nice hat. The world looks at us and says, it makes no sense to me. I don't want it. It's like, it's like marriage. If you remove the love story, all you're left with is a bad idea. So <laughs> we remind people of the, the good idea, the best news ever. Where, bro, where, where did you get that hat? I got a buddy did you make my, that hat? I, I actually did not, but this is kind of like that uh, night shift movie where, where he says, I thought of this great idea, but they already had it. I thought of it first, but they yeah. already had it. So if I was going to design a hat, this one like spoke to me. And a buddy of mine, John Williams, he's, he's got a group down south, and they promote Christianity and faith. And he speaks a lot to younger kids. And so he, his motto is, I am change. And this is his hat. But I was like, dude, that's my hat. I thought of that one first. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and th those of you who are watching who don't know why that hat makes me smile so much, I just came up with a big program called I Am. And it's about rewiring how we talk to ourselves to realign our identity, how, how we see ourselves, how we speak to ourselves with what God's word says about us, man. Because I'm so sick and tired of watching God's people walk through life sick and tired because they're beating themselves up on the inside. They believe that they're worth no more than their, their worst mistake or that they are incapable or that they're not loved or not lovable. And God's word tells us all the stuff I was just talking about a minute ago that, I mean, almighty God, the maker of space and time found you worth dying for. I mean, if that doesn't put a spring in your step and a smile on your face, you're doing it wrong. Right. So the, the I am coaching program, it's on our website, reallifecatholic.com. And the, the book, it really helps you realign how you talk to yourself with that truth. So of the gospel, because uh, man, when you put the gospel in, in action in your everyday life and in your thinking, it changes things so that I, I need to get one of those hats, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get, I'll get you one. I'll get you one yeah. for sure. So yeah, awesome. I, I love the I am part. So that's been, that's been a big part of kind of my life as I got into my professional business. I realized that I had to step into a few things. One, being able to be comfortable with the microphone. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do bigger things. Secondly, I had to just be comfortable. And in order to do that, I had to increase my confidence. I had to understand that I am worthy and then apply that in so many other areas of my life. And so in regards to Christianity, having people say, I am worthy of God's love. You are. Yeah. And right. so many people are afraid to even repeat that. Hey, Chris, I'm worthy of God's love. Can you say that? And people choke up a bit and they're like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it, it really is mind blowing. I mean, when, we, when you need a boost of confidence to do like the things that you do for a living. Yeah, yeah. most people go to, to secular self-help. We have it all right here in our faith. I mean, if the, the, the notion of, of the love of God in Christ Jesus doesn't give you a sense of empowerment and the sense that you can accomplish great things, or at least try them, because frankly, if you fail, it doesn't matter because you're loved anyway by the Father. I mean, if that doesn't do it for you, nothing will. And I, I don't know why God's people are looking outside of his word to find the confidence they need to face their everyday lives. This stuff drives me crazy. I'm sorry. My voice is starting to pitch because it's, it drives me so crazy. We, <laughs> we have it all right here in our Catholic Christian faith. You know, and so, but we have to own it. We have to own it. There's a battle between heaven and hell. The front line is between your ears. You got to jump into the head game and take the pen out of the devil's hand. He's been writing a great script for your life, and it's not true. He's a liar. He's an accuser. And give it back to Almighty God and his word and let that write the script in your head and let that breathe life-giving, confident words into your heart. 
don't listen to the wrong voice. I, I recently learned a story of, of a guy who was, you know, he was uh, trying to go for a, uh, his high school basketball team. And uh, you mind me going to a cool little story? Yeah, yeah, jump, man. Sorry, I, yeah. I played high school basketball. I'm five foot six on a good day. And uh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this, this guy was, was pushing seven feet, size 13 shoe. And uh, Coach Brown from uh, Louisiana, he was, you know, renowned, renowned coach, right? And he, uh, he was visiting a military base and saw this, this guy. And he said, you got to come play for me. And he said, Coach Brown, I'm only in high school. I have this massive towering guy. And he said, wow, please tell me you play basketball. And he said, man, I, I want to with all my heart. I, I feel called to it, but I stink at it. I just, I lumber around and I, I try it for the team and get cut. And Coach Brown said, no, 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 no. You, you got to keep going for your dreams, all right? Just, you, you got to do this and, and come play for me someday. And he, he did. He became pen pals with Coach Brown. And Coach Brown kept encouraging him. He kept getting cut from the team. He couldn't make the stinking team. And he said, you know, keep, keep practicing, keep at it, keep at it. Well, eventually he did make the team, and then he went and played for Coach Brown, and then he became Shaquille O'Neal. Boom, all right? <laughs> what, what if he listened to that voice that said, oh, man, you stink, you can't do this? So His whole life would be a different. a little bit better, all the other coaches started bit. saying, you got to come play for me. And he's like, no, nah, I'm playing for Coach Brown. He was my guy that yeah. was with me all along. That's it, man. That's it. No, but the Lord is the guy's with you all along, you know, through life. Yes. And you need to not listen to the wrong voice inside your head. There's really damaging voices in in our lives that would associate us with our worst sin or fault or failure, uh, or maybe with sexual abuse or whatever it is. All these different things we get our name from, or with the tragedy that would lie to us and tell us you're cursed and you you're abandoned by God. Almost all of us live with some level of lies. Maybe they're not those more extreme lies. And if they are those more extreme lives, the Lord wants to heal you of those things. But, but all of us live with some level of lies that cut off our potential. Those lies that would prevent us from dreaming. That tell us you don't have permission to go there. Or they tell you, uh, you might be okay, but you'll never really measure up. You'll never be truly great. And so many people lose their dreams, give out in their dreams because they, they, they try once or twice in high school. They fail at something. Or, you know, they just weren't built up enough by teachers, coaches, mom, mom or dad. You know, I make a point of telling my kids I'm proud of you when they've done nothing in particular. Because <laughs> I want them to know that at their core, it doesn't depend on the things they, they accomplish or do, but who they are makes me proud. What they are makes me proud. They're my children. You know, this is how the Father in Heaven looks at us. And if you don't go through life with that sense, there's something wrong inside. You're not aligning your thinking with, with what God reveals or with the grace that He's giving you at this very moment to see yourself in the light of His love. In my I Am coaching program, it's a 30-day coaching program that leads through, the, through all this stuff. I have people start every single day of that program with 60 seconds where they close their eyes and picture the, the Father in heaven looking at them with great love and just sitting quiet. And then they hit play in the video and look at our reflection. But it starts there. And every day comes back there. And the rest of our lives, we, we got to come back to that place. That Do I know that I'm a beloved son of God? And does that shape how I see myself and how I face my day and how I conquer things or, or try to go for my dreams? That frankly, again, it doesn't even matter if I accomplish them or not. And I know I'm loved either way. So that gives me permission to go for it. But it all comes back to that. Do I align how I see myself with what the Father sees in me? And it you know, blew me away reading the comments on, in the I Am program that one day when we, we started with that reflection, it was life-changing for people. You know, people were, I, mean, I, I, I did the program myself. I mean, I, I created the program, but then I went through it. And it brought me to tears at 60 seconds of silence on a video. It was like, it felt like two hours. It was like 60 seconds of just total quiet, like, which we're not used to in our lives, right? But to, to, right. To, 
right? Just to sit under that, that melting gaze of love and let that sink in. It's life-changing. It really is life-changing. You know, the, the beauty of the gospel should change how we see ourselves, how we feel on a gut level. But it, it comes down to simple practices like that. Do you ever do that? You ever just shut up. Don't just say your prayers. Let him love you. I mean, I love, I love going to adoration. And, I, and I, I often think adoration, okay, this is about us adoring the Lord. It's also about us coming there so he can adore his children. So he can just look at us and love us. Yeah, he loved us first. Do you ever have uh, where you, as you've grown your, your career and your calling, do you ever have that pause and go, oh my gosh, something big is coming and I don't know that I'm ready for it or, or any thoughts like that where you yourself were limited? Yeah. Uh, for the first five years of public speaking, I would get the runs before every single talk. <laughs> That's real, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is real life Catholic, baby. I'm sorry if I'm grossing you out, you know, but uh, I got an upset stomach. I, I, it killed me. I was terrified. I really care a lot about what people thought about me. Uh, you know, I think one of, the, one of the things that makes my ministry effective is I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm sitting in my baseball cap in my F-150. I'm a professional ministry guy. I don't care, man. I've spoken in, in a filled arena with 40,000 people in it. And, uh, and, and what gave me the grace to go out and do it well is I thought, I, I'm going to gaze and dwell into that gaze of love of my Heavenly Father right now and rejoice in that and being loved by Him. And if I don't make any dent on these people, I mean, I want to, you know, but it, that my sense of self-worth doesn't come from that or from anything else. It's from God. So it's good to say these people. things because as I say them, it reminds me of them. Huh? Yeah. 40,000 people. Yeah. So there's, there's been scary events like that. That, that would um, be scary. Yep. Or like you, you, go, you do stuff on TV. It might be a million people watching, but then, but then you, uh, yeah, there's always that creeping little voice that says, you can't do this. You're a fake. You know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And I've learned to shut that voice up. Whatever God is calling you to, the devil has an opposing identity that directly counters it. Because he, he knows what God's calling you to, and he's scared of it. And not just what he's calling you to do, but who he's calling you to be in his kingdom forever. You know, I, I think of the saints like stained glass. E each one is completely different. Each one brings the light of God into the church in its own way, right? And so when I think of, of who he's calling us to be, uh, we somehow in some mystical way add to the beauty of heaven. And that, that might be heresy because you can't add to God, right? You complete me. We say that to each other. God does not say that to us. We do not complete God, <laughs> right? But, but he set things up. He willed that we would add to his glory, add, add to the greater glory of God add to the beauty of heaven, that the pure light of the sun that you can't add to somehow when it hits stained glass makes everything around you prettier. And in heaven, we, we will all stand out in our own ways, making everything more beautiful, shooting the light of God out from, from us. But the, devil's, the devil has an idea of what we might look like in heaven. He's terrified of this. So whatever God is calling you to be and to do, he works hard your whole life to make you see yourself in a way that cuts that off. The lies that we believe about ourselves usually directly counter the glory that God is calling us to in our own particular way. That's why St. Peter, when he first met our Lord, he had a name for himself. He yes. fell to his knees and said, I am a sinful man. Depart from me. The devil was working hard his whole life to say, you don't measure up. You're not one of those holy people. That's why he was mending his nets while Jesus was preaching to his, his youth group. Peter was overdoing his own thing saying, I'm not one of you people. Jesus went right to his world, right to his boat, got in there, renamed him. And why? Because the name that God has for you is going to help you identify yourself in the right way 
and, and claim the, the way that he wants you to serve him and glorify him forever. He renamed him from Simon to Peter, which means rock. And he did this in Caesarea Philippi. And I, I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year. Come with me someday, dude. And, and there's a yes. huge rock overshadowing the town of Caesarea Philippi. And it's a long walk from the Sea of Galilee. It probably took hours and hours to get there. Maybe days walk to get there. A grueling walk. Jesus put a lot of time and thought into this. It was right there that he wanted to rename Peter so that every time someone said his name for the rest of his life, he would envision that rock. Because he needed to act out of that new identity. You know, so I had this, this gnawing voice inside of me that said, you don't measure up. You're not that important. You know, you, know, you, you, you can't conquer and do things. And I don't know where the heck it came from. It lies into our hearts and minds in so many different crazy ways. The Lord all along was saying, you're, you're capable. You're a king. You know, whatever, whatever the devil's telling you about yourself, whatever lies have been solidified in your head, you need to identify them and claim the directly opposing truth. And preach it to yourself out loud. Look in the mirror and say it out loud. So I, I've come before I speak. I, I puff my chest out, look in the mirror. No one's around because it feels kind of cheesy if people were watching me do this. And, and I give myself a big smile and I say, you are a king. Remember that. See, God gave us these truths, not so we'd wait for other people to build us up and preach to us. If, if you're waiting for other people to tell you what you need to hear, you're going through life too needy. Yes. He gave us these things so we preach to ourselves. Uh, so I, I tell myself that and then I go out and talk to other people. Not caring what they think, because I know who I am in Christ. Yes, I, I sure we are the rock. Him, we, we are who we are. That's it, man. That's it. And that, that only comes from, from God alone, from our, our core relationship with him, and from coming back to that, thinking about his, his gaze of love upon us, and, and doing the hard work of realigning how we talk to ourselves with what the gospel reveals about who we are. That we're his beloved children. Yeah, so taking that thought of, that comes in and, just pausing on it and saying, Hey, is that one good? Is that one from God? Where'd that one right. come from? Or the question yep. that you ask yourself, Hey, am I worthy or am I whatever it is? Write that down and put an answer behind it. No, that's yeah. not true. <laughs> yeah. That's not what God wants and, and go grab one, one from God. So I'm loving this message and I'm looking forward to, to doing the, I am I've done the rise. Oh, awesome. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 2, 2 Corinthians 10, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We yes. take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I mean, if you're feeling knocked down, weak in the gut, hit, I incapable, like you don't measure up, like you can't accomplish what God said before you, or like you're defined by your worst sin, or like you'll never rise above, like you're at the end of your rope, blah, 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 blah. If you're feeling all these things, you need to stop, take stock of what you're saying to yourself. Take thoughts captive. Make them obedient to Jesus Christ and start preaching truth to yourself. Start, start using your will to reject the lie. Don't go through life thinking without thinking about what you're thinking. <laughs> Wake up so, to that stuff. So, so you did talk a lot about That's awesome. We talk a lot about self-help just in the world these days. I oh, want to yeah. step in how your, your program's a little different than just the typical self-help that you see on every street corner these days. Yeah. So the, the RISE program for men, again, that's on, that's on our website as well, on, under the coaching tab, and I am is under the coaching tab of the site. All, all this stuff is profoundly different from self-help because self-help is done by your own will. This is God's help. This is to live in a, a higher level than you possibly could just by your own power. This is by the grace of God. Uh, but it's also profoundly different in that self-help, it's, it's not necessary. I mean, look, I, I don't want to put down people who do self-help. There's some great principles within self-help. Uh, uh, a lot of people in, who, in the secular self-help arena talk about how you're responsible for how you're, you're talking to yourself. That's a good thing. That's a true thing. But it, it just only goes so far. 
not only because you're not relying on the grace of God to pull you up. You've heard the phrase, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Oh, you think about actually, right. You think about doing that. It's actually ridiculous. You can't possibly pull yourself up (laughs) by reaching down and grabbing your shoes. That is the dumbest idea ever. (laughs) (laughs) The life of grace is that I reach up and my heavenly father picks me up like a child who can't do it himself like a child and, and you can't, you can only go so far by yourself. <laughs> Anyone in Christ is a new creation. Uh, this is a radical uh, higher level of, of living that God's help gives us that you, you see St. Paul in prison. I'm right now reading the book of Ephesians and I'm just going through this. I'm actually going to start up pretty soon. Um, just a, a monthly Bible study meeting for our, our ministry. So anyway, stay, if you stay tuned to our newsletter, you'll, you'll get info on that, but we're going to start with Ephesians. But I'm going through Ephesians and seeing how St. Paul, just his confidence, his joy, and he's in prison in Rome waiting to get his head chopped off. And I recently learned that the city septic ran by the prison that, that he was in. So he smelled, he was smelling poop in there. I mean, gosh, the, the guys who, who do secular self-help, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't see most people being all that joyful, confident, using words like we're more than conquerors when you're sitting in a situation like that literally for logical good reasons despairing of life but not despairing of the kingdom so So i think part of that is not having that brotherhood around us so that we can have a a more bold faith a more action-oriented you know spread the word type thing instead we're afraid of what other people think and don't have enough support around us through groups like yours and the christian dad and communities like that it's like we got to find we got to find strong guys so that we can keep keep moving on Amen. We need each other. We need the grace of God. We need the truth of Scripture. We need to do the hard work of realigning. We talk to ourselves with the Word of God. Uh, but, but you know, another huge way uh, that secular self-help doesn't cut it, it, it's delivered in a worldview that's scrubbed of God. If it's self-help that is not afraid to mention God, I'm all for it. When, when it stops short of, of any mention of faith, it just doesn't go far enough. Uh, because the stuff of faith shows us the worldview that justifies all the self-help and the, and the positive self-talk. The stuff of faith gives us the, the, the framework for life. It fundamentally says life is good. And when you remove that, you remove any compelling reason to say life is good. And this is why young people have never been told more frequently, love yourself, believe in yourself. And they've never been more filled with self-loathing than they are today. Uh, because they're told, love yourself, believe in yourself within the context of secularism that says, you're the result of a cosmic accident. You're a bunch of self-aware molecules. Your destiny is nothing but believe in yourself. What? Is it any wonder that it doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to be able to ultimately fall back on the unmovable, the stuff of faith. That even if all the other things I do in life to make myself happy or successful fail, I know that, that I'm part of a plan of Almighty God and that he has a purpose for me and that he loves me and that I'm his son. I'm his child. I'm his daughter. And that's where my primary identity comes from. And, you know, when you have that in place, the world can't give that to you. So the world can't take that away. So how did this course and book, how did that spring up? Something must have happened. And you said, that's it. I got to go for that. Yeah. You know, everything I do, I mean, the, the ministry is called Real Life Catholic. And it, everything I do comes from my own life and, and uh, experiences as a husband, as a father, just trying to follow the Lord to the best of my ability. That's where all this stuff comes from. So, and, and you can see that in the writing with the book I am. You can see it in the coaching. 
you could tell this isn't delivered uh, from the point of view of someone who's simply teaching something, but someone who walked through it in ways that were not always comfortable. Yeah. So just yeah. just w- working out my own wounds, working out the things that would make me sick to my stomach before I talked publicly for five years. Thank God I got over that, man. I'd be in a hospital by now. Getting over all those things, working through wounds within within my marriage, wounds from childhood. It's just, it's just walking through these things walking through them. This is how the Lord makes us who we are. When we study what he's doing in our lives, that probably, you know, I, I love how St. Paul wrote how we're comforted in our afflictions so we can comfort others with the comfort we've received from God. Wrap your head around that for a second. All right, he gives us these comforts so we could take them, identify them, and then give them to other people. That makes us, in a, in a mystical way, co-workers in the redemption of the world. How beautiful is that? That is you know, awesome. God, Right, God doesn't work despite our, our wounds, but precisely with them. There's a, a Japanese art form that if a pot is gets cracked, that they fill the cracks with gold. Oh yeah. And yeah. that's us. That's God fills the cracks in our lives with gold. And it's it's the cracked part that becomes the strongest part of, of that clay pot. When we face our wounds and we walk through these things and we let the Lord love us through the, the struggles and trials in our own lives. Uh, they become beauty, they become a source of grace for other people, and they become our greatest strengths. So that's where all this stuff comes from. <laughs> so this, this we sounds... another hour and a half we can get in. Yeah, yeah, we'll go another more. hour and a half, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like this would be something for great for groups and families and husbands and wives <laughs> and like the whole thing. Is this something that you'd encourage couples or groups or just anybody to go through? Yeah. Yeah, we actually have um, small group ministry questions to go along with this stuff, and it's it's all it's all on our website. Uh, I really, I, I really, some people have told me they've had the most powerful small group ministry they've ever had around this theme. Wow! Uh, any anybody who's a good marketer will tell you define your audience. Uh, so what I'm gonna say, if if there's a marketing guru watching, they'll cringe. But I gotta say it, man. This is for everybody. <laughs> Wait, no, no, it can't be for everybody. It's got to be for one particular age group, for one particular part of their faith. No, no, no. Everybody needs this. You know, so there's dads who watch this and are blown away and think my 13-year-old daughter needs this. And I would say, yes, you both need this. Uh, I've had Carmelite nuns go through this program. I've had bishops go through this program. I've had pagans who don't know the Lord go through this program. Wow. And they're all reached by this. Uh, you know, this when, when you have something that makes people's lives better in a very measurable way, it's very effective for evangelization because it's, it applies to anybody where they're at and they can invite friends to do this with them. This is not just inviting friends to sit down and be quiet and learn a truth of the faith. This is inviting people to go on a journey with you. You know, uh, Pope Francis talks about the importance of accompaniment, that you walk with people toward the Lord. And that's an easy thing to talk about. And it's very difficult to actually do that, to, to take a spiritual posture where you're journeying together. Uh, but so one of the things I, I love about this uh, program and the approach to evangelization that it offers is that it really makes it easy to walk with someone closer to Jesus, no matter where you're at in your faith walk. You'll be walking together because everybody's got to deal with this stuff. And the word of God shows us the way to do it. Mm. I'm looking forward to, to doing the program, and I'm also looking forward to inviting other buddies, friends, people, and to kind of join a little community and walk through this together. I love the Rise program. That was just so cool how you had all kinds of different people and stories, and it was quick. It was kept your attention. You know, it wasn't some two-hour-long talk every day. It was boom, 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 little thing you needed. It makes sense. You can share it with somebody that same day. 
Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, well, pretty much everything I create, I create with myself in mind. You know, I, I'm the guy who has to run to his car for an interview. You know, I, <laughs> the, the amount of, of chaos in life is pretty extreme. And there's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, and things are going fast. And I don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and read something for a half hour. It's got to be quick, punchy, and make a difference, a measurable difference really fast. And that's, that's how we uh, arranged the, the IM program and rise the men's, the 30 day challenge for men. Awesome. Awesome. How do you, how do you get signed up for both? I, I, I know how to do it, but I'll let you explain that. Yeah. You go to real click on the coaching tab while you're on the site. It'll prompt you to join our newsletter. Please do that. It's all in real The newsletter, you'll get information about stuff as it comes out, uh, new programs and coaching and all that stuff. But it's all on, on our website on the coaching tab. Cool. And you already mentioned pagans are invited. Yeah, I would strongly encourage you to do the IM program and to invite a friend, especially a friend on the fence. You know, maybe yeah. not a full-blown actual pagan. No, actually invite them too. I mean, anybody, you know, but th- this will apply. If you, if you have a family member or friend who's on the fence, not, not super into their faith, this is a great step in the door. Uh, but again, like I said, bishops have gone through this thing. This is a, a great thing for you if you're highly engaged too. Uh, so invite, invite someone, use this as a, a chance to, to bring someone closer to the Lord. The world needs that right now, man. The, the solution that we all need, the, the golden, the silver bullet, right? It's Jesus. It's not, there's no ultimate uh, p- political cures for the situations mankind is in. When people know themselves in Jesus Christ, everything tends to work out in society. That's kind of why I stepped into my faith in a much bigger way was I found out that guys are supposed to be the spiritual leader of the family and the impact when we're not on our kids and the future of their faith life and everything. So I want to invite other guys that are in that same spot of kind of just treading water, being there or having that tugging question of, I think there's more, but I'm not ready to step in yet. I'm not even ready to engage. I'm like, I want to give them that nudge and community and and way to help propel them and move forward. So this sounds like a great way to help. Yeah, it really is. And dads, really, man, rise up. <laughs> our, our programs will help you do your job for the Lord, for your family. You know, if, if not because, you know, because you're not sure you're into this, do it because your kids need you to be the spiritual leader. They need you to be. You know, there's a scripture that I'll turn the hearts of fathers to their children lest I strike the land with doom. You can see the impact. It's, it's colossal. When, when dads don't do their role as spiritual leader of their family, there's doom. I mean, we, we solve the problems in the world by helping our kids know the love of the Father through our love for them. I was fishing the other day. An old man came by in his fishing boat. And this was when the, 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 a week ago when news was just horrific. And he said, man, if more dads would do that with their kids, there'd be less problems in the world. And he was kind of choked up when he said it. He was moved by seeing me just fishing my little girl. And I thought, man, that's, that's the truth. I mean, you, dads, you, you wonder how, how much impact you can have, or you see how bad the world is sometimes and think, what can I possibly do? I'll tell you what you could do. You could go fishing with your kid. You could tell them that you're proud of them when they've done nothing in particular. You could love on them. I, I took my little girl out for a, you know, I took her to the grocery store the other day. She's eight years old. I, we, we popped in the car and I didn't realize this, but this was like a date for her because it was just her and dad. We're talking a 20 minute round trip to the grocery store and I got her a pack of gum and her love bucket has been full for days. It doesn't take much (laughs) to communicate the love of of God, the father for them in the way that you love them. When we don't do that, not much, when we don't do that little job, 
it creates a whole lot of work for them throughout their lives to realign how they see themselves with the word of God. But we make it easy for them when we show them that we love them, not because of what they do, but because of who they are and that they're worthy of our time, that they're worth wasting some time on and that we will be spiritual leaders in our family for them. God, the father yeah. love for us. And we model that for them. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. And, and really that's w- w- wage war in the darkness, brothers, just by being who you are in Jesus Christ. Do that work on yourself. God needs you to. The world needs you to. I need you to. We all need you. I want to honor your time. I know you, don't, you got a limited amount today for us. Two things. One, if you've got anything else that you'd like to add to this podcast. And then secondly, if you have a challenge to throw out to the audience, I know I didn't prep you for that. So you may or may yeah. not. So yeah, yeah. I, listen, guys, spend time on your kids. Spend time on your family. This is a crazy time in the world. And it's easy for us to get inside our own heads or doubt our own importance or doubt the impact and difference we can make. Just love on your, on your wife and kids, fathers, and, uh, and spend time on yourself. Spend time on yourself. Do the RISE program. Do the IM program. And make sure that you're living not out of, a, out of a, a wound in your life or a sense that you don't measure up or that you identify yourself with a tragedy or your sin, whatever it is. Make sure you're living with the full confidence and freedom of the children of God. When a kid knows he's loved, he walks through life with a smile on. If things are crazy in junior high for a little kid and he knows that he goes home to a place of safety and security, it doesn't turn his world upside down. Look at every phase in life. When that kid grows into adulthood and knows he's loved, he gives it his all. He can go for his dreams because he knows that his identity isn't hinging on those dreams. God wants you to live your whole life with that kind of confidence, with the smile of a child who knows he's loved and cared for by Almighty God. If you're not living with that, what the heck are you waiting for? Dive into that battle in your head and make sure you start claiming that freedom because God has it there waiting for you, offering it to you. Do that I am program. Invite a friend. Absolutely. So yeah, that was the challenge I was thinking. I'm like, I'm looking forward to getting a group together and, and going through this. I can't wait. Yeah, be in touch with me, man. Let me know how it goes for y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll get your address and I'll shoot you a hat. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it greatly. And our audience appreciates it greatly. And uh, the world the world needs you, loves you, and appreciates you uh, being so bold with your faith and authentic with real life so that we can learn from others. God love you, man. Good, good to hang out with you today. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Love you, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God... Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.